Studios here in Omaha, Nebraska. It's time for another edition of the Other Kind Radio Talk Radio. The other Welcome to episode 64. Today is September 16th, 2019. My name's Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd will be on shortly. The other kind. For those first-time listeners, the Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast where we play in the puddle that is pop culture. Returning listeners, uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you had a good week, and we appreciate all of your support. As always, we encourage all of our listeners to like, subscribe to the show. By doing so, you're helping feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show and its gravitational pull. So uh, today we've got a number of things to go through. I'm sure Todd's madly typing what the significance of number 64 is. Um, today, uh, is a delayed show. We had some, uh, things come up this past weekend that prevented us from recording. So, uh, we do apologize for the delay there. We are going to kind of be on a different pace today. So if you've got some coffee that you want to drink, maybe six or seven Red Bulls, then this will sound, uh, just perfect in perfect sync with your heartbeat. Uh, the reason being is of course we got schedule and things to do. So, uh, today we've got a good show, but it's packed and we'll be uh, kind of chirping through it rather quick. I don't even know if that's a term chirping through, but that's what we'll be doing. Um, so let's bring on my podcast partner. He is a family generator, movie maker, guitar, drum player, book author, dive bar, boombox founder, and all around a renaissance man live from his studio somewhere near, but not in or located spe- specifically around the town of Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Please welcome Todd. Hang on, Jeff. I'm I'm madly typing. I don't know if you can hear this. I, <laughs> madly typing. I, I I know what the number sixty four. I know I know some like really relevant stuff. Are you ready? Uh huh. Sixty four. Oh, how's that coffee? By the way, it was good. I was. <laughs> I knew you. Were, I knew you were waiting for that. <laughs> sixty four is the square of eight, the cube of four, and the six power of two. It is the smallest number with exactly seven divisors. Oh wow! It. Also, in technology, is famous for being one of the base bits of computing, 64-bit computing. In chess or draughts, the total number of black, dark, and white light squares on the 8x8 game board is 64. Wow. Total number of gems in a standard bejeweled game, 64. No. Also, the subject of the famous Beatles song, When I'm 64. It was one of their later songs, right? That was uh, kind of mid, mid. That's, uh, you're talking, uh, Sergeant Pepper. So. I'm 64. Yep. Great, great tune. Great <laughs> tune. But you know, really, did they write any just out and out bad songs? Mm. Now I know reductionist Jeff is going to come in. Well, actually a day in the life is so referential of other things that really John was reaching beyond his limits. Um, I'm just going to say that I'm disappointed that their name was the Bales, but they never wrote a song about the Bales or a Bale. Did the Rolling Stones ever? No, that was Bob Dylan. That's right. Um, did Striper, your kind of band, did they ever write a song called Striper? 
<laughs> yes. Good. I just was taking down my Striper poster the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Every band, if you're a good band, this is just a note. In fact, Die Bar Boombox, we're going to have to write a song just simply called mm-hmm. the Die Bar Boombox. You must have a theme song. It's Star a- Wars has a theme song. Yeah. It- yeah, those, those, song. those Star Wars. See, that's the thing because that's the that's the that's the pop culture moment in any film where they say the name of the film, right? Can you think of one off the top of your head where they're where they're like, and that's why the Empire Strikes Back? Or <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would actually like Star Wars a whole lot more if they just were self referential right. at some. Mm, don't allow yourself to get into a Star War. And then he looks at the camera and goes, right. yes, really, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, wow. that may be the worst idea for movies ever. This is going to be, this is going to be hard to shift gears. Ooh. But yes, we, we do have a few notable passings to go through and a uh, big shout out to uh Chopin for uh, writing that particular uh, bit of music there. So thank you, Chopin. Um, just found out this morning that uh, Eddie, no, for, uh, the front man for the cars, who you'll know his name. That would be Rick Ocasek. Uh, passed away. And then uh, in the past week, Eddie Money has passed away in the headlines today. And I, I don't I don't know where this is going, but they're investigating the reason for his death. But he was 70. And how old was the guy from the cars? I believe, and I, and I, I pulled up the cars bio. I, I believe Rick Ocasek was 72, 75, something wow. like that. It's so really not, it may have been just 70. I mean, not that old. Mm. And I, as we drove home last night, my wife turned to me and went, Oh no, honey, I'm so sorry. Rick Ocasek died. They just found him dead. They don't, you know, he was unresponsive. They don't know uh. anything about his at this time, we still don't know what, what happened. So we don't know how much of this is just genetics and then how much of it is just rock star. Well, Rick Ocasek never gave much of that. I, I don't even think Eddie Money did either. I mean, you're looking at two guys. So let, let's start with Eddie Money since he yeah. passed. For Eddie Money, um, born Edward Joseph Mahoney, was from New York and famously was a cop before he became a rocker. I know but that. Yeah. Um, then he had uh, he had hits like Baby Hold On, Two Tickets to Paradise, Shaken, which is still my favorite Eddie Money song because I can remember the video was them in the uh, parking lot of like a diner and he's out there going, shh, 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 shaking. <laughs> I loved that song. Um, just one of those kind of, uh, when I say this, I don't want to, I'm not negating him. He was one of those marginal rockers. He's, you know, he's right in that middle. He was not somebody that pushed the boundaries, but he wasn't somebody that stooped too much. Um Probably one of the f- most famous songs he had was Take Me Home Tonight, with which had, uh, I believe, Ronnie Spector in that. Yeah. And, I mean, he had some great tunes, great performer, but his health really deteriorated towards the end. He was a longtime smoker, had uh, esophageal cancer, yeah. and it finally took him at the age of 70. Okay. His was, honestly, if, if you follow this kind of thing, his was not that big of a shock. But when you start, start talking about Rick Ocasek, I mean... That one, that one hit me like a ton of bricks because they had started getting back together. They were reuniting. Now they famously lost uh, their bass player. Um, oh my God! And it's escaping me his name. Uh, uh, or Benjamin Orr, and he died of pancreatic cancer in two thousand. And he was the one that sang, sang the famous hit "Drive." And they got into the Hall of Fame, and they were starting to do reunion performances. Mm. And then Rick suddenly dies over the weekend now the thing with the cars you want to talk about 
where I say Eddie Money was this marginal. You know, he fit in, he had hits, people know, and he had a, a good number of hits. He was not a one-hit wonder. No. The Cars were one of those seminal bands of the 80s that almost defined some of the sound. I mean, these guys had hit after hit after hit, and that sound, you know, you can... I, we were kind of exposing my daughter to them because she's fallen in love with the eighties due to stranger things. And I said, you know, the thing about the car is they're one of those bands that almost like the police to me within about a bar of music, you can go, that's the cars, that's yeah. police. It's just, they just have that sound. So I've not had the chance to digest it, but I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm rather saddened to hear that he's, he's passed. And also with, with Eddie, I think, um, he was he was almost like my style my style of famous like you know like you said he wasn't a one hit wonder but he he, had, he wrote some songs and was and was definitely a part of of um, of, of pop culture and, and played his place in the in the music scene but but also could probably go and and kind of live his life and run to Target and GameStop yeah. or whatever and and not be you know mauled down and then speaking real quickly of of the cars I'm telling you man one of the most iconic first memories I have, I should just say first memories that I have of music is their, their opening line here on uh, this particular song. Let the good times roll. I mean, you're talking about something that is just super basic, just, just, yeah. And you know more musically about how you put that together, but I mean, it's for me, I'm just blown away that that just sticks in your head, you know. And I guess well, the songs, the style of songwriting back then was a little bit different too, huh? Well, I don't know that I think that because I mean, then you get that was in the same era of Sting writing for the police, and some of the police's songs are very basic pop songs, but then Sting, you know, as much as I love, I also hate him. Um, <laughs> It gets very pretentious and starts putting what are called like, you know, suspended seventh chords, which don't usually go into the basics of rock and roll. And he puts it in because, you know, I'm a little bit jazz. Yeah. But Rick Kasich understood that you didn't have to have that. Now, I'm not saying there aren't there isn't some complexities occasionally to some of their songs, because I've looked at those for uh, Dive Bar Boombox thinking, oh, it's an 80s hit. Maybe we should try that. Yeah. My rule of thumb for Dive Bar is, look, since we're taking more of a Americana country approach, I want very basic chords. So it sounds like country. Right. Mm -hmm. And when it starts getting into crazy chords, I can't pull back. So, I mean, I've looked at Rick Ocasek's stuff and he could do it. It's just, he had a very straight ahead approach. He produced those records. He was, he was the cars. So for this to happen, I'm not saying that those guys, you know, won't rebound and, uh, become a tribute band of, of their own of sorts and find somebody to fill in for them. Cause that happens across the board. You know, they, they're, they need to get paid. They need to find a way to, to go on this, man. It's just so hard to move beyond not only that type of talent, but hell Rick Ocasek was so unique in his appearance. He, yeah. he, was, he was very gaunt and had that very long face and man, so identifiable with that band. It, I'm going to have them on heavy rotation today. And and yeah. the last thing, my bass player posted this morning, you know, their first album was Pop Perfection. And I think mm. he's absolutely right because it's rock and roll, but it is true pop where there's a hook and there's something where you just want to have 
fun. That's the, yeah, the cars, the cars. That's the one with the gal uh, smiling yep. and she's got the steering wheel. Yeah, I remember that uh, album cover. I was going to yeah. say of the of the uh, cars frontman, almost a rock and roll version of David Byrne because they were both a little quirky and a little odd, but I definitely think uh, the front Rick Ocasek was was uh, definitely kind of put more in a rock and roll sense, where David Byrne was more just in uh, being in a strange sense. But uh, both had a unique look for sure. Well, both of them come up from the uh, uh, Ocasek was from Maryland, and I believe that um, Byrne was Massachusetts. Something they're all up in that upper eastern North area, eastern, that, yeah. some of that eastern sensibility. All right, well, uh, to those two, uh, rest in peace, and uh, thank you for your contributions to uh, rock and roll. We'll uh, shift gears a little bit now, and what better way to follow up uh, talking about some iconic rock and rollers passing away than to hear Jeff uh, whine about a video game he doesn't like. So we're going to do a combined Todd's take on and Jeff's judgment on, so we'll get Todd's uh, projector going for both of us. You talking to me? Whoa. Whoa. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, who the hell else are you? T- <laughs> that, that makes it combined, right? No, the, exactly. That's what happens when you bump a key. All right. So Todd, Todd's take on Jeff's judgment on this week is a little follow up now that I'm a few hours into. Um, Gears 5, which we talked about a little bit uh, last week. It's uh, from Microsoft Studios. It's on the Xbox One. And if you have the Ultimate Game Pass, it's F-R-E-E. And uh, I did put a little bit of time into this uh, game. I don't know how far along I am. And I feel bad because we're kind of having this joint uh, talk, but I know last time you and I spoke, uh, you had already started the game and I had yet to begin it. So, um Again, my main concern from Gears 4 was just the repetitiveness of uh, walk through some narrow areas, get to a wide area, you know you're going to get, you know, a battle going on. And this game is exactly the same. Now, they've thrown in a little bit here and a little bit there, but one of my biggest gripes about this game that I think you actually kind of liked is this, um, you have your, your... AI other characters in the game and you run into an area and they're like, come on, man, we got to go give you, we got to go do this. we got to do that. And because of the way the game is set up, I'm running around looking for elements that will give me achievements as far as finding stuff. So if you walk into a room, you'll see on a desk, there's a little flashing piece of paper or whatever. So you walk over and pick it up. Does it do anything about the game? No, not really. Does it add anything? If you want to sit and read it? Yeah. But I think the biggest issue with this game is it can't decide whether it wants to be something like Resident Evil or if it wants to be a shooting game. Because in Resident Evil, you spend a lot of time looking through lockers and trying to find different pieces of information. Um, Gears of War, at least in the first couple, was just a, a it was just a hardcore, you know, run and gun and blow stuff up. And it had, you know, gore when you'd kill an alien, his body would explode. I still like getting headshots on those guys because they kind of pop. Um, but even more so, as I got further in the game, I started seeing some production elements that didn't work. Uh, sound that would cut out. Um, syncing with voice lines and cutscenes that didn't match up. And then I found a bug that was the beginning of the end for me, where 
all you're trying to do. So you have this little AI character robot that follows you around. And as you progress through the game, you get different attachments for that robot that can do different things to help you. It can give you a shield or it can uh, distract the enemy or do a number of things to help you in your wage against the evil ones. So this is just a simple part of the game where I'm supposed to walk up and I'm talking to this other character, this under non-player character in the game. And he's like, Hey man, good job on your mission. I got something new for your robot. Why don't you go ahead and install it? So I did. And then for 20 minutes, he kept saying, I haven't got all day. Why don't you install this new mod? And I'm like, I did. And I activated the mod and I moved the mod around and I did all this kind of stuff. And it wasn't until like my fourth attempt after reloading that, um, uh, that particular scene, that save point, right? Cause after a while, after about 10 or 15 minutes, you're like, okay, I'm going to stop reload. Maybe there's a glitch or something. And what you had to do was you had to specifically go in from the, from the first way that they teach you how to put the mods in, add it that way, then arm it, and and then he would respond. Whereas I was just going in, installing it, and then activating it. So it was one little minor step that I was leaving out of there that they still had a catch-all in as far as the program not recognizing that you had done that task. Broke up the feeling and the emotion in the game 100% because then you can't move on. Um, it's, it's the same game and it's just sad that it's, it's 2019. This is a triple a triple a title and we still have basic production elements that don't work and are glitchy. And I think that may be one reason why this game is free. <laughs> I think Microsoft might've known what they were putting out because this isn't like I was trying to like break it by like running off the map or trying to glitch through doors or anything. This was just simple, you know, gameplay that, that seemed to have its issues. So, uh, it's bet we got it back in the system, but I'm giving this a big buzz. Sorry, Microsoft. So dude, I, I totally get when you get a glitch like that, but I'll also say that a game like red dead redemption. Yeah. When I first played it, I'll be damned if the first mission I took was one that became this big known glitch that they had out that they had to put a patch out because you went searching for something and it wasn't there. Right. And they knew it. I think that games of this type, I, I think that we've gotten to this point where it's got to come out. We've got to come out. Yeah. I would almost rather you just delay the crap out of it. Cause I agree when you get one of those glitches, it is beyond frustrating. You're like, come on now. I think to say that Microsoft put this out free because of this, I look, dude, I love you, but I, I don't agree with that. I don't think a company looks and goes, Hey, this is a piece of crap. Put it out free. I think if anything, they're probably right. thinking, man, if it was a, you know, if it was a smaller game that it's going to do, we better push it as fast as we can, as hard as we can, because we're not going to recoup the money. What they're hoping with this is that more people sign up to game pass, because mm -hmm. you couldn't get the prestige games for free. Right. Here's my thought. I think it's a beautiful game. I think the graphics are done gorgeously. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, this is where Jeff will put the highfalutin music, but I got a 4K projector and it looks gorgeous on it. It is absolutely stunning with its HDR setup. It is my first, here it comes. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's my first where I truly set up the projector according to the right. HDR settings within the game. It's beautiful. I love the Gears franchise, if only for one weapon, and that is the 
the torque bow, I think it is. Yeah, torque bow is cool. Oh my goodness, you know, where you hold and you put it out and you get it. And if you get it right, the villain just goes yeah. and explodes. I love it. Um, so it. It's almost to me, you know, it's like a really good Big Mac. It really <laughs> satiates a hunger that you have right then. Does it stay with me long? No. And when it usually does and it comes out on the other end, it's not so pretty. Good point. But I, I have a lot of fun with these games. I do. So I think the look, you can go on Jeff's route and you can think, and I don't disagree with Jeff. Right. But you also look at mine that is, hey, it's free. And for free, it's pretty damn fun. Right. And and I should say, I, I did buzz it. I'm buzzing Microsoft, but those that have played the franchise, definitely go in, you know, download it. I, I mean, if you can get it for free or you want to wait till it's available at, at a less cost, that's great. I have not done much of the multiplayer just because I'm not a big third person shooter. Um there, there are elements that are good that that the graphics are nice. But how far are you in the game? Have you gotten on the on the little the solar windboard yes. thing? Okay, I think that that's a little bit of a ripoff from God of War, where you have to get all these different areas. And again, I, I see the nod to it. I just think some of the writing and everything could have been better. And of course, how many games? How many successful AAA games have I designed, folks? That's a big goose egg, zero. Um, but uh, this is pop culture, and we're giving uh, our opinions and everything. Uh, I just, I just, there were too many times that I was, I was just like, come on, you know, this is this is something that could be fixed, and maybe that's their formula. Just like you said, your your analogy as far as the Big Mac. You know, you don't go get a Big Mac expecting something you'd get at a, at a fine dining restaurant. So I like that analogy. Maybe I was putting the wrong glasses on to view it through. And I need to take my Big Mac glasses, put them on, and just enjoy it like you said it was for the short meal it is, and then just move on. You know, look, I, I think the bigger story here is if you if you like gaming, and especially if you're like me, you know, you're middle-aged, you got kids in the world, you're doing these kind of things, Game Pass is a great yeah. feature to have because you're going to get a ton of the games you love. You're not responsible for paying for them. I've got a lot of the Halo Wars games, which I know were not immensely popular, but I love, yeah. and they are my complete, hey, my wife looks at me, you had a bad day, go blow up something. Yeah. And free, essentially, because I pay a small fee, yeah. I get it, and then I get a prestige game like this. So to me, that's the story of this. Can you find faults of this game? Without question. Right. Uh, and it's funny, as you talk about going through and picking up those things, here's my problem with that. And that's actually one of those that irritates me in this game. Yes. I don't want to read crap. Yeah. Find a way, if you're going to make me collect things, make them right. integral to the plot themselves so that it actually either, you know, look, Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption does something gorgeous where the game almost becomes what you put into it. Right. You don't have to play all these little secondary missions. You can almost just go straight through. But when you do that, it actually adds layers of depth to the character. Make something of these things. I hate, the one I hate the most is the symbol of this game is a cog. Yeah. And you pick up cogs of fallen soldiers. So what? Yeah. You're no, waiting I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because you're waiting to find out like, hey, I picked them up, but no, nobody mentions it. it's not built into the storyline. Like, thank you for finding Bob's cog. Which right. Is, which is a good name for a band. But, um, so, but, but I do agree. And I, I do want to say before we close uh, this uh, combined version of Todd's take on a Jeff judgment on is I've started Borderlands three. Okay. That's a fun game. I've never played any of the Borderlands games. Oh, they're very funny. And you know, the cool thing is you can get the original Borderland for next to nothing. I think on the Xbox, um, they're well-written. They, there's a lot of comedy involved and, um, 
I'm enjoying it. So uh, I've kind of found something to replace that. But uh, I'll be interested. Are you planning on finishing Gears 5? Yeah, I, I to everybody out there, I, I tell Jeff that, you know, life came along and went, hey, you don't have time for gaming. So I've kind of hit a dead end right yeah. whenever what you were talking about with that solar sled thing. Yep. And that's where I've left it. And the great thing is, is now with my stupid mind, I'm going to go back and go, well, what, what the that well, with this again? And then it takes me to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at that point and hopefully I'll go back and finish it. All right. We'll turn down the projector there and I'll hit the right key. So we don't have uh, a bunch of noise going on there. So uh, we'll give myself one gold star. Okay. Um, let's look back at the run sheet here. Okay. So on center stage today, this will be our first annual uh, visit of the Emmys. We do have the Emmys this Sunday. And in my brilliant producer mind, I thought, you know, what better way than to let the kind listener have a little preview versus recording it on the day that the Emmys is on? Why not give you guys a week to digest, come up with opinions, send us an email at info the other kind radio.com if there's something that you agree or disagree with. I'll tell you right now, um, when I when I when I saw the sem- the Emmys, the semis, when I saw the Emmys, that would be a funny, not good enough for Emmys called the semis could go the wrong direction um, that I was not that excited that it was this Sunday. Like I'm the I'm the guy that, that gets all excited about award shows and stuff. And we all know that Todd doesn't like them. But usually I'm like going through the nomination list. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll be so cool. That'll be a good discussion this year. I found myself kind of looking through the list and I'm just like, oh, yeah, this to me, this just seems like while there are some good shows, I'm just not that pumped about it. I'm not that pumped about it because despite loving Game of Thrones, I really think this is going to be little more than a Game of Thrones celebration. Right. Uh, you're already seeing that the, the word came out today that the, it swept the technical Emmys. So, and look, from a technical standpoint, you cannot fault that show. Um, it, here's my fault with it. I think that 10 years from now, I think people are going to watch that show in its entirety and love the show. Right. But right now we're so knee deep in the, the, the ending could have been better <laughs> that for them to come out and give awards to it. I'm like, oh, you, you all just lambasted it. Now yeah. you're going to come and say it deserves these things. And you're really doing it for the totality of what they did. Yeah, I got tired head already and we're only beginning the Emmy talk. Right. And we did do a shorter version of the list so that we won't do all of them. I will go ahead and put our initials by what we picked just so we can uh, just so there's a little bit of a competitive uh, element here. Uh, but uh, so this is the, uh, a um, edited uh, list of the Emmys. We're trying to hit just the high notes. So we welcome you, the kind listener. So if you want to get out your piece of paper and, uh, go along with us and, uh, feel free to send your, um, your, um, I don't want to say guesses, your predictions. There you go. Uh, to uh, info at the other kind radio.com. We'll see what we've got. And then before we close the show out, I do have, I've been promising it. I have not, uh, played my part. It's been a busy couple of weeks, but we do have a new uh, opening lines where we're going to leave it open. Todd's not going to tell us the answer, and then you can either tweet or email us your answer and what movie you think it is. We'll go over that towards the end of the show. So, 2019 Emmys. Who's hosting? Oh! Wow. That, uh, so I had 64. <laughs> I can tell you all about 64. Let's hang on. Let me go back to that. 2019 host. Hey, Google, who is hosting the Emmy Awards? 
And the answer would be Colin Jost and Michael. Is that Shay? Is that how you say his last name? Both no from Saturday Night Live. Colin Jost, I know, is engaged to Scarlett Johansson, oh, so he go. went already. <clears throat> There's your pop culture portion of that. Okay, so some guys from Saturday Night Live. They're both from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Okay. Good. They, they do the weekend update. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, my father's so disappointed in me right now. I'm sure he's just like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure he just disowns you. I yeah. don't want to. Thing, but he actually did just text right. me. Just, just turned in my papers on uh, Craigslist for uh, for sale. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, they'll be hosting. Uh, I believe they hosted last year. They did. I believe. Okay, so okay, so that's the same note. Um, so let's get things started with outstanding drama series. Um, we have Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark. And is, is that just Pose? I believe it's just Pose. Pose, not Pose A. Okay. Um, I've seen everything on here except for Bodyguard and Pose. I've not seen Succession. I keep seeing the ads for that. Is it really as good as everyone oh, says? Oh, God. I didn't, go, I didn't even get all the way down this. Pose, then Succession, then This Is Us. I apologize. I didn't even read the entire list. Um, I have not seen Succession. Okay. I, I hear wonderful things, and I've just not had the time to push it in my schedule. So. Yeah. I'll get to it. It's also like in the second or third season. So to get into like, it, yeah, you got to go deep. All right. right. So uh, what's your initial take on this? Well, I, to me, there's no question. I think that Game of Thrones wins this because it's it's the same as when you put Lord of the Rings up for an Oscar. You can put Fellowship of the Ring up for one. You're rarely going to put the middle up because there are other things that come out knowing that there's one more to come and they're going to reward it. Game of Thrones this is going to be, let's put the crown on the, on the king and let everybody know how great you did. Because really, was there a bigger show this year than all the furor that went around Game of Thrones? Right. I don't think there was. I don't even think you can begin to talk about another show being close to it. Yeah. It's, it's going to win without question to me. Didn't This Is Us win last year? I can't remember. Okay. What am I doing? I'm digging. I'm just, I'm just like, can we put this stick of dynamite right, right next yeah. to us? I'm so sabotaging us. Or is the number of squares on a chessboard? <laughs> right. Um, uh, yeah. Killing ease had a good, good, uh, good season, but I think you're right. So we're both on uh, with game of Thrones. Let's move on to outstanding comedy series. And this time Jeff is going to read all of the nominees, your nominees for outstanding comedy series for the 2019 Emmys are. Barry, Fleabag, The Good Place, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, and Veep. And I hope I'm saying Schitt's Creek right. I think that's, they just spelled it S-C-H-I-T-T-S, so. They, they spelled it that way to get past the censors. It's, right. it's a play, and they knew that's exactly what they had to do. In fact, if you ever watch Stephen Colbert, he famously will say, if I talk about the show, the censors tell me I have to put a lower third up with the spelling of it. Ah. So, time he says it bing comes up bing comes so. up all right so what is todd's thoughts on i think, I think you're looking at look I, I if we're breaking this down miss marvelous mrs mazel is a beautifully written show that its second season had some inconsistencies of its flow i i personally have not made it deep into russian doll because i was kind of like meh i know a lot of people love it to me I, I love Fleabag. I know that was not your fa your fave here, but I think this, oh, and The Good Place, I think, is the rare network sitcom that is just deep in thought and everything. 
the winner without questions veep for the very same reason that game of thrones wins it's the end of its run uh it's been revered across the board it's won before they're going to award it again and dreyfus is coming back after battling breast cancer too so there might be a little bit of that that's funny because um I like how you ran through it. So I'll, I'll kind of follow your lead there. Uh, Barry, I, you know, again, I, I think it's, it's still has potential. They're doing great. I just don't think it's going to outweigh V. I didn't watch much of Fleabag. Um, the good place. I, it gives me a little bit of tired head. Um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is fantastic, but I agree with your second season. Um, synopsis there russian doll i think is just a it's just a it's cheese and kool-aid it's it's good but it's just a little strange so i don't think it's going to get the nod and then schitt's creek i haven't watched much of so i'm gonna stick with you and i'm gonna go with veep as your outstanding comedy series we move on to outstanding lead actress in a comedy series um this year we have christina applegate with dead to me uh, Rachel Brosnahan with the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Julie Louise Dreyfus for Veep, Natasha Leone for Russian Doll, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek, and Phoebe Waller Bridge for Fleabag. Todd, yeah, I think if you asked critics across the board who has the more influential year, Phoebe Waller Bridge with Fleabag. I mean, she is critics across the board. If you're reading what they say, they think that Fleabag could be that comedy series that is influential 15 years from now. We don't even know what it's doing mm. yet. Um, it is continued, especially second season has been huge as far as what they say has happened with it. So she's gotten a ton of a press. Who's going to win Julia Dreyfus for the very reasons you've already stated. The poor woman went through and, and conquered breast cancer. She came back with a final season, which did not disappoint. So they're going to give her the crown one more time. Yeah, this is this is going to be tough because I'm going to side with you on that as well. Uh, Christina Applegate, I don't know if you saw Dead to Me. It's it's good, but I don't. It's she plays somebody that's divorced and angry and mischievous. I, I'm not seeing mischievous. I'm not seeing any anything kind of like super super outstanding there. Um, boy, Rachel Brosnahan is is close on the heels, but I do think. Um, Dreyfus and, and what she went through is going to be pretty big. So I'll agree with you on that. Uh, that closes out the lead actress for comedy series. Now we're going to move on to outstanding lead actor in a comedy series. We're going to go with um, your nominees are Anthony Anderson, Blackish, Don Cheadle, Black Monday, Ted Danson, The Good Place, Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method, Method Bill Hader, Barry, and Eugene Levy, Schitt's Creek. So I think here, um, you know, I look across the board, you got some great people. Uh, I think Ted Danson's work on The Good Place is just sublime. I think that Don Cheadle is a great actor. I'm not familiar with Mr. Anderson from Blackish, nor am I Miss uh, Michael Douglas's work on Kaminsky Method, though I did read some good stuff. Bill Hader, I think, wins this. I think <laughs> that there's a good chance that Eugene Levy could surprise some people. Yeah. I think the critics love to throw in the we're smarter than the rest of you moment. And I, if they're going to do that, I think this is it. I think Eugene Levy gets the nod, but I'll probably put my money on Bill Hader. So to the kind listeners that's listening right now, I actually wrote mine first before hearing Todd's explanation. Uh, mine's kind of the same, but we both agree again on Bill Hader. Um, 
Anthony Anderson. I haven't really watched Blackish. I don't watch a lot of network television, so um, unfortunately not familiar with that. Don Cheadle on Black Monday, not not a, not familiar with that. Um, good place again gives me tired head. Michael Douglas, the Kaminsky method. I think this is good, but this was you know it's kind of a one shot deal. I don't know they're going to bring it back or anything. And and it's a couple of old guys and they're having old guy problems. And I thought it was great, but I do think think Bill Hader when it comes to playing. A comedian playing a, a serial killer who's also leading a second life. I think that requires a little bit more. And Eugene Levy, I agree with you there. I think he may get a nod, but um, I think Bill's going to come out ahead on this one. All right, we'll move on to Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. We have Amelia Clark with Game of Thrones, Jody uh, Comer with Killing Eve, Viola Davis with How to Get Away with Murder, Laura Lindley uh, with Ozark, Mandy Moore, This Is Us, Sandra O, oh, Killing Eve, Robin Wright, House of Cards. Todd. Man, I'm so nonplussed by any of this. Um, <laughs> because I have not watched the second season of Killing Eve because I felt prey to that I read some negative things from some critics who didn't think that it lived up to season one, which I thought season one was pretty stunning. So I stayed away from it. Who, once again, let's... Once again, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, one of the creators and writers of Killing Eve. So the woman is just touching things across the board. I think that probably Sandra Oh wins because she lost to Claire Foy, Claire Foy prior to this. Um, I don't know. I think Sandra is a really good actress. I, I, I guess I look at what Amelia Clark did with Game of Thrones and created over the years. And if, if I think you're going to look at one person for the arc of a character and give it to them, yeah. this might be when Amelia Clark might deserve it. Because she really did take a character from a rather innocent child into a, even though not beautifully executed by the creators of the show, she, at the end she turned into a maniacal dragon killing queen. Right. So I, I think she did some great work. I don't know. I, that's why I'm sitting here going, Robin Wright, come on, really? House of Cards was crap at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, this is us. I know a lot of people love it. Ozark, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I watched it and I don't get the the love for it i think it's really inconsistent in its tone um i i think it's interesting i think it could be a great show but i'm kind of like meh i didn't so, even know they i didn't even know they had another season out they did the, the second season came and look i love uh bateman i think he's yeah. great i think he could be a very good uh serious actor but i almost think he is allowed to put too many of his deadpan comedic tone um, yeah. beats in this where it's like eh, that doesn't fit yeah um, so man, by process of elimination, I give it to Sandra. O, which I won't be surprised if me Clark gets it. All right. So this is where, uh, you and I will, will not have the same, uh, answer. Um, and I won't go through all of the points you made cause they were, well, they were, um, very well said. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Jody Comer with killing Eve. She's the one that plays the, the, the trained assassin. And I've I thought she not only in the first season but second season it does some things um, both with uh, accents um, with nonverbal acting and overall just really kind of kicks everybody's butt around the screen as far as doing some really cool stuff when it comes to a character character. Um, so, but I, I I'm with you. I think Amelia Clark will, may get the nod if it's a, if it's a uh, if it's a got night. Um, but I'm going to stick with uh, with Jody. 
as I think she does a, a good job. So that's more of a uh, more of a heart pick than a brain pick, but uh, we'll see how it works out. Uh, move on to outstanding act lead actor in a drama series. We got uh, who we just talked about: Jason Bateman for Ozark, Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, Kit Harrington Game of Thrones, Bob Odenkirk Better Call Saul, Billy Porter for Pose, and Milo Ventimiglia. This is us. And that's actually the right way to say his name, folks. I know I know you're thinking like Jeff doesn't know. I called him. He said it was okay. Can we have a whole show where it's you pronouncing <laughs> names? Just the entire <laughs> thing. And Jeff, now on to the next name. Right. Oh. So you look at this list. Look, I've already I've already touched on Bateman. Love the dude. Don't agree with him even being close to this category. Sterling K. Brown is a fantastic fantastic actor. Again, I've not seen Pose, don't know. Mr. What, how do you say his last name again? Uh, Milo? Yes. Oh, he just said we could call him by his first name. He said, oh, he okay. Uh, you know what? I've never watched. I watched one episode of that show, actually. Uh, I did go watch the pilot and look beautifully executed. 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 executed show. I'm, I'm not interested to give myself to 24 episodes a year of, of a show like that. So it comes down to this for me. You've got... Kit Harrington, who is in the exact same thing as Amelia Clark. Look, this he the funny thing is when you start watching that show, you don't think Jon Snow is going to be the main character. But as it goes along, he is our main character. And if you want to award someone for taking a an insecure young man who brooded because he didn't know his true lineage to an, become an uh, tortured soul who doesn't want the way of the world thrust upon him. I think Kit Harrington was fantastic. I think he did exactly what that role needs. And Game of Thrones with its awards and the technical thing has become the most awarded dramatic series in the history of the Emmys. It is going to be even more awarded. And it is so often that these kind of shows get these things and don't win for acting. That's a little silly to me that you can say it's that great. And the acting wasn't good enough to win. So I won't be surprised if Harrington gets it, but my money's on Odenkirk because I think Odenkirk, man, that is the rare show that actually is, is, as good as, if not in some ways better than the thing that it came from. So I'm going to go with Kit just because I think it's this whole final Game of Thrones, you know, chance. Uh, But it's when it comes to heartfelt pick, definitely Bob uh, Odenkirk. Um, Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, as we do this more and more, (laughs) I'm seeing how uh, it is kind of a shit's Creek. Um, yeah. So. W- and by the way, there was the lower third with it spelled. S-C-A-L. Exactly. Yes. Right there on the podcast. Uh, so we got Todd going with Bob Odenkirk. I'm going with Kit Harrington. Uh, we'll see who wins outstanding lead actor in a drama series for the 2019 Emmy's first annual breakdown. You are listening to the other kind radio. We will continue on with outstanding reality competition program okay uh amazing race oh so your nominees are the amazing race didn't know it was still on american ninja warrior that's cool show nailed it Mm. rupaul's drag race top shelf top chef i like top shelf better (laughs) welcome to top shelf one shot of a top shelf and it's just going to stay there for 30 minutes 100 year grandma can he do it and then the last is the voice um this particular genre is not anything that's really big on my <laughs> radar, so it'll be interesting. 
Man, that's why whenever I, I hadn't scrolled to the next category yet. And as you read it out, I just I felt the wind suck out of my sails. Just, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to say it's the RuPaul drag race. Oh, okay. Very revered amongst this kind of thing. Um, man, I don't know, Jeff. I just don't know. Well, I'll help you break down. Amazing Race has been on forever. And, I, you know, it's the same. It's, it's the same flavor of ice cream. So I don't know why all of a sudden it would get nominated or maybe it's been nominated before and what they did differently. Um, American Ninja Warrior, again, it's a game show. Um, and it's fun. And it's fun. And I think it's, yeah, Nailed It is where they take home cooks and try, have them try and make like desserts that look like, like they'll show a cake that's yeah. like a cute bunny and everything. And then they try and do it and it looks awful. So basically that show is based on people not being cool. Then you got RuPaul's, like you said, which is very revered. Top Chef. Been there, done that, and the voice. Oh my God. I know um, there are people in this household that absolutely love that show. So I'll be careful with my words, but I'm going to go with you and go with RuPaul with uh, the Emmy winner for the Outstanding Reality Competition Program of 2019. Now we'll move on to Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series or Movie. We have Mahershala Ali for True Detective. Benicio Del Toro, Escape from Danamora. Hugh Grant, A Very English Scandal. Jared Harris, Chernobyl. Jarrell Jerome, When They See Us. And Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. Wow. Now this one's got a little meat on it. It does. And I here's what I hate is I'm going to have to pick somebody that I think was fantastic, but then you're going to have to ignore somebody that I think it deserves it even more. And my pick would be Jared Harris for Chernobyl. I think he is fantastic in that where I think the, I said this when we reviewed it, the, the one thing I think really hurts this is that idea that they could not perpetuate the Russian accent. And I think that hurts his performance. When you then look at Jarrell Jerome, yes, who is stunning stunning in this piece of work so see this is are you at we need to define this next year are, are you are we going to say who's going to win or are we saying who we would vote for right i think right i, I think the previous the uh, previous year and this year our first annual it's who it, it, i guess the old way of looking or doing this type of bit would be to pick who wins mm -hmm. but i do like what you're suggesting there, maybe next year we'll modify it. Maybe either do two choices okay. or whatever. But yes, it's I, I I'm right along you in this in this boat uh, for outstanding lead actor. I mean, without without question, if this ballot's put before me, who do I vote for? I would go steal about a hundred other ballots, and every one of them also vote for Gerald Drum. I just I watch him on the uh, the show Mr. Mercedes based on Stephen King book, where you know he doesn't play necessarily that vastly different of a character but it didn't show this depth and it's the, the the role he plays there doesn't demand it so when i saw him and i thought hey it's the kid from mr mercedes by the end of it i'm like oh now when i watch mr mercedes i'm like it's the kid from when they see us you know that <laughs> right. redefines it he is stunning so that's my vote i i do think that jared harris will win he is a very loved actor oh. um i i think that's what will win good points on all um I agree with Chernobyl. That's a very good point that they're using English, English accents throughout. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, Jerome had just the smorgasbord of, of acting elements before him as far as not only seeing a full arc of a character, but also using humor and then also 
fear and then terror and tears and a lot of a lot of communicating without words as well. He carries that character so well and does so many things. He was the only actor in when they see us that played the young version as well as the adult version of the character that he portrayed. So I I I I'm gonna say a little both heart and head thinks uh Mr. Jerome's gonna win that one. So we'll we're both there. We'll see how it turns out. That's outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie. For the 2019 Emmys, we're moving on to Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie, and that is Amy Adams with Sharp Objects, Patricia Arquette, Escape at, what is it, is it Denimora? Denimera. Denimera, okay. And then we have uh, Aounyahe Ellis, When They See Us, good Lord, (laughs) Joey King, The Act, Nisi Nash, When They See Us. And Michelle Williams, Fosse Verdon. This is actually to me the hardest one so far. Really? Because I, I want to call out some some performances here. Both of the ladies from When They See Us are stunning. Yeah. Patricia Arquette in Escape from Danamara. She was also in the act which Joey King is nominated for. Patricia Arquette's work in both of those is just, I mean, it's transformative. You're 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 seeing an actress that, you know, with true romance, had one persona in the, the American idea of acting, is now emerging, you know, since boyhood, winning the Oscar for that, now showing these the depth that of what she's playing. Man, she's she's kind of on a different plateau. I think that. I think though, I'm I'm sorry, let me also keep going. Joey King, who plays her daughter in the act, man, you're talking of a young lady that, so if you've not seen the act, it's based on a a very well-known case where this young lady and got a young man to help her kill her mother because the mother had almost forced her through uh, uh, Munchausen by proxy syndrome where a parent will almost force the child to believe that they're horribly sick so they can continue to take care of it this young lady sat in a wheelchair she was never sick her life was suppressed she ends up killing her mother well this young lady had to act in a wheelchair pulls it off the angst of it also had to speak with this almost childlike voice because the real woman speaks like that she pulled it off beautifully here's where i hate award shows because I'm talking about how great these performances were the, the ladies and when they see us both the ladies from escape of Danamara and the act it's going to, I think it's going to all split the vote. And I think that probably Michelle Williams, because of the pedigree of um, being an, a, an Oscar nominee, I think four or five time Oscar nominee, mm-hmm. it's going to get her. And she's great in Fosse Verdon. I, I, I really think she's a fantastic actress in this. It is so, I, I hate this, but I think <laughs> she wins by, by default because all their votes split each other all over the place. Yeah, well, you said that so well. Uh, I'm just going to go in a different direction, go with Amy Adams, Sharp Objects. I I still think that that still merits uh, a little look at. And and I'm kind of with you. I'm either thinking like all, you know, all of these these command performances are going to get lost in the mix and then there'll be a surprise. Uh, But all all of these actors um, are deservedly nominated and and could easily win this. you know, if there wasn't so much competition, all good performances and, and enjoyed all of them. Uh, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. We have Jonathan Banks, Better Call Saul. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, Better Call Saul. Alfie Allen, Game of Thrones. Oh, God, really? Nicolaj Coster Waldau, Game of Thrones. Oh, very 
good. You almost got that. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones, and Michael Kelly, House of Cards. And don't forget, Chris Sullivan, This Is Us. Wow, This Is Us is all over the place. Todd. Um, who's going to win? Peter Dinklage is going to win. Okay. It's easy. Once again, this is almost it's kind of the reason I went to uh, Michelle Williams in the previous category. It's a name that your, your eyes go to, you know, he's great. He, I mean, I think maybe initially there's some fascination of, you know, this sounds awful, but a little person can act. Yeah. was I think a lot of people's wow he's really a great actor well yeah he's a great actor whether he's big or little I kind of wish that Nikolai Costa Waldo would win yeah who played Jamie Lannister beautifully I think that Jamie Lannister's character may be one of the most interesting as far as an evolution of character throughout the entire series right I would love to see him get a little um love thrown his way I think Alfie Allen deals de- dealt with a character you know that was abused Mm -hmm. and and allowed that character to mature and become something throughout. So I think Peter Dinklage wins. I wish Costa Waldo would win. Alfie Allen, which I just recently watched John wick plays the, uh, plays the, the son of the, yeah, of the bad guy. Just to why John wick becomes the central character of the film car and a car and a puppy, uh, which is, I think what they should have called the film. Um, <laughs> all right, folks. So the other kind of listeners, we're going to start kind of ripping through these a little quickly as, uh, uh, as we're, uh, we're once again, quickly approaching our hour time here. So, okay. That was, oh, and I want to say I'm going with you with Peter Dinklage. I think they're going to kind of do the whole thing at once. And, and, uh, I believe he deserves that. We're going to go outstanding supporting actress in a drama series. You know, if there's one show that's being overlooked is game of Thrones, just as far as nominations, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and list these. We've got Gwendolyn Christie in game of Thrones, Lena Headley. Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner, Game of Thrones, Maisie, Maisie Williams, Game of Thrones. And then, you know, just, just for, you know, for, for salt and pepper and, and just a little more seasoning, Fiona Shaw with Killing Eve and then Julia Gardner Ozark. I mean, what there's uh, how many people is it? Uh, So that's, they have like a 70% chance of winning. Yeah. Or the 70% chance of galvanizing the vote, leaving 30% to pick somebody else stands out but who should win Maisie Williams should win that young lady just good so lord what I mean, character did she play uh she is uh Arya oh Arya the the young girl turned assassin boom done. I mean she is just stunning who will win I think Lena Hetty finally gets her Emmy when you look at look a show like who that she? has to have a villain she's Cersei who's Cersei the queen. Oh, the, the queen. Yeah. The evil queen. Gotcha. Yeah. The thing is she, while she's absolutely evil in that show, she still found notes of truth beneath it of why you understood who the character was. I, once again, are we looking at performance? <laughs> right. uh, God, over a set of years or whatever. I I just think Linda Hetty wins. I wish Maisie Williams. I will tell you this. There's a 16 year old girl in my house that if Maisie Williams wins, you will hear her all the way up there screaming because <laughs> she adores Maisie Williams. I do as well. That's why I'm picking her. Uh, those are our picks for Outstanding Supporting Actress to the Drama Series. Let's go on to Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. We have Anthony Kerrigan Barry, Stephen Root Barry, Henry Winkler Barry, Alan Arkin, The Kaminsky Method, and Tony Shalhub. Shaloub, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And then don't forget 
the very popular Tony Hale with Veep. I say that because I can't picture his face. Um, I've still never watched Barry, so I can't really vote for Henry Winkler outside of anything other than he's the Fonz. Yeah. Um, Tony Shalhoub for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because boy, he is a great foible to what character does he play? <laughs> father. Oh, the father. Oh, Monk. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you want to talk about a dude with some chops. He is Emmy award winning. He is a Tony award winner. He can, he's been in musicals. He can do everything. And you watch him in this and it's like, damn dude, you can just do everything. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. He's good. You picking him? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm picking him as well for the very same reasons you did. All right. Outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Uh, Sarah Goldberg, Barry, Cian Clifford, Cyan, S-I-A-N. Uh, sure. Cyan Clifford, Fle- Fleabag, Olivia Coleman, Fleabag, Betty Gilpin, Glow, first mention of Glow, Alex Borstein, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Marion Hinkle, that's not, uh, no, his last name's Winkler. Winkler and Hinkle. Wow. Okay. Marion Hinkle with the mar- marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kate McKinnon, McKinnon for Saturday Night Live, and then Anna Klumsky for Veep. Huh. Um, huh. Um, I'll just keep doing that as I keep looking. Those. Huh. And there's the show, folks. You know what? I, Belly, Betty Gilpin distinguished herself in this season for me she i'm not saying that she was bad in the previous seasons but she was given things to do that i was like wow that's she's bringing some true depth to this but do i think she'll win no i think alex bornstein from marvelous mrs Maisel is such a standout as Susie that even in a season where you're kind of like hey it's good but it's not as good as the first one i she's just so amazing with her timing i think she wins again uh i'm gonna go with betty um just for the very reason that you said uh, and and th- some of these other ones I'm just not familiar with. Fleabag, I didn't watch a launch of. If Saturday, if if Kate McKinnon wins for Saturday Night Live, that'll be great. And then Veep, I haven't seen any either. So, going with what I know there, on to outstanding supporting actor in a limited series or movie. <sighs> Stellan Skarsgård, Chernobyl. <laughs> just, just You're an idiot. You're just an absolute idiot. Skarsgård, Skarsgård, Skarsgård. Yeah. What he said. Uh call just have your people call my people. We'll buy Stellan lunch. Well, we are. Well, as a fun note, you know, he's the father of the the guy that plays Pennywise the clown in Ooh. the it film. Well, then they know. can they can buy us lounge or lunch. <laughs> don't piss him off, or they'll come over and sick the killer clown on you. Lunch, not lounge. Okay, Paul Dano, Escape from Danamora. Ben Whishaw, a very English scandal. Ante Black, when they see us. John Diego Zamo, When They See Us, and Michael K. Williams, When They See Us. Hmm. You know, I I hate to do this, but outside of Jamal, what's his name? I, I the, the young men, I don't have their names down, so I'm having to look up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your time. I, I Seriously, partially for time, but uh, this is going to be a vote with the heart, which is uh, generally wrong. But John Diego Zamo, to me, is, is an actor that has been around... Uh, for many, many years and has turned in some great performances. And I thought his portrayal of the dad uh, is definitely Emmy worthy. A lot of different notes to hit with the relationship to a son. So um, that's why I'm picking John. 
And also, he's one of my favorite actors. So I'll just, uh, that's kind of a nod and a hope that he gets that. And you? You know, I think what I'm going to have to put my money behind is Michael K. Williams from When They See Us. Um, from The Wire, he plays the father in this that yes. basically turns his back on one of his sons and puts him in the situation where he, his son ends up confessing. Michael K. Williams is a stunning actor. You go back and watch The Wire and it's just like you want to see him in every moment of that show. I And I think, once again, award shows love to look at the total picture of your work. They didn't get to awarding for. I think he wins here. I agree. I agree. I think just nominating John and Michael for that, um, as well as uh, Ante, is is a smart move. Uh, but yeah, I'll stick to my pick. I think yours is a smarter one just for that. Uh, now we're going to go to Outstanding Variety Talk Series. So we have The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Full Frontal with Samantha B, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week with John Oliver, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, The Late Late Show with James Corden, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Good Lord. I'm split hard over Colbert and John Oliver because I do, Colbert is my nightly viewing, but Oliver is appointment television for me. Uh, yeah. My wife knows Sunday evening, even with football season full swing, hey, the game is I got to go watch my John Oliver and I think, I think he and his team kill it every week. So my vote's there. I'm with you as well. I've always enjoyed this show. And actually if I'm going to watch something like that, that's my first go-to. All right. On to outstanding variety sketch series at home with Amy Sedaris documentary. Now drunk history. I love you. America with Sarah Silverman Saturday night live. And then you got the, who is America that was done with that's Sasha Baron Cohen's man. I love Amy Sedaris. I think she's a hoot. I can't watch her shows though. She, I get, I, I get tired head watching her shows. Yeah. I'm going to put my money on drunk history just because I'm personally tired of Saturday night live. And I do, I think there's probably a better chance than not that it'll win again. I think Saturday night live is in need of a massive infusion of originality, but me, yeah, they do. And I think they just picked up a couple of new comics. And one of the gals is known for all of her impressions. And I watched a few of them and I, I couldn't couldn't relate to any of them. So mm. we'll see where that goes. But, you know, that's been the story of Saturday Night Live since it started. Ebb and flow. You start out, you have good good crew, then a bad crew. And it's great. And then it's bad and all that good stuff. I'm going with Who is America? Sasha Baron Cohen's. Um, I, it's right up there. I just think politically, I think that's going to be a hot. Uh, a hot button right now, and I, along with Sarah Silverman, what she's doing, and then Who is America? I think those one of those two will be the winner. All right, you're listening to the 2019 Emmy Prediction Show with Todd and Jeff, the other kind radio. We're on to outstanding hosts for a reality or reality competition program. Ellen DeGeneres, Ellen's Game of Games, Amy Poehler, Nick Offerman, Making It, RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race, Marie Kondo. Tidying up with Marie Kondo and James Corden, the world's best. Give me RuPaul. Okay. See, now we're down to the point of just get, here it is, put yep. my name on this. And I'm going to do Tidying Up with Marie uh, Kondo because I watched it and it's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting. Wait, uh, you, you watched it, but you, you stumbled over her name. Marie Kondo? It was a while back. <laughs> I, I, I just knew, I thought, oh, he's never seen that one. And suddenly it's the one you watch. Well, damn me. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm I'm reading the name and I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw it. I watched that. Um, on to Outstanding Guest Actor on a Drama Series. Good Lord. Michael uh -huh. McKean, Better Call Saul, Bradley Whitford, The Handmaid's Tale, 
Uh, Glenn Turman, How to Get Away with Murder. Ron Cephas, This Is Us. Michael Angarano, This Is Us. And Kumail. What? Go say it. Kamal Nanjani. That's what I was going to say. Twilight Zone. Uh, Todd, your pick. Uh, give me Michael McKeon for Better Call Saul. Uh, Bradley Whiffer, great actor. Terrible season, Handmaid's Tale. Oh, no, no, no. Up, up at the top. You Not him on This Is Us. Michael McKeon. There it is, Jeff. Thank you. They're both Michaels. Yeah, okay, well. Just to show you. No, hey, just I can't vote for This Is Us. By everyone, so I'm never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sweep in and steal that one from you and agree with you. Um, we're almost done. Outstanding guest actress on a drama series. Jessica Lange, American Horror Story, Apocalypse. Caris Van Houten, Game of Thrones. Cherry Jones, Handmaid's Tale. Cicely Tyson, How to Get Away with Murder. Laverne Cox, Orange is New Black. And... Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad, This Is Us. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> I do love you. I really do. Um, I, I would I would honestly ask for a pass on this category, mm. but I'm going to put Carice Van Houten as my pick. Okay. And in case you didn't know, she was the Red Witch. Uh, right. And I'll go with Rashad because, yeah, because my initials aren't that. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding guest actor in a comedy series. Here we go. Luke Kirby, Marvelous, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Rufus Swell, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Adam Sandler, Saturday Night Live. John Mulani, Saturday Night Live. Matt Damon, Saturday Night Live. Robert De Niro, Saturday Night Live. Peter McNicole. Peter McNicole. Veep. Give me Rufus Sewell from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because I like him as an actor. Which one's Rufus? Uh, I don't recall who he played in that show. Oh, he was that. You remember when she went sort of mid season and met the painter who was kind of weird and didn't oh, sell. Yeah. He's a great actor that was in dark city, which was even Roger Ebert's pick like for the best film of that year. He's in, uh, on Amazon, the man in the high castle. He's great. He's a great actor. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going with anything on Saturday Night Live. I'll 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 cheat this one from you too and go with Rufus oh. as well. Um, outstanding guest actress in a comedy series: Fiona Shaw, Fleabag; Kristen Scott Thomas, Fleabag; Maya Rudolph, The Good Place; Jane Lynch, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel; Emma Thompson, Saturday Night Live; Sandra O, oh, Saturday Night Live. Um, give me Jane Lynch on Maisel. And I'm going to go with Maya Rudolph on The Good Place just because I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last category. Here we go. Outstanding limited series. We saved the best for last, folks. Do we have any music? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> or a projector. One Outsta- or the other. Outstanding limited series. Here we go. Your nominees for the 2019 Emmy nomination for Outstanding Limited Series is Chernobyl. Escape at Denimora, Fosse Verdon, Sharp Objects, ooh, When They See Us. This is another category that actually has some meat. Yeah, I, it's the, the exact example of why I don't like award shows, because you're looking at Chernobyl, <laughs> Denimora, Fosse Verdon, and When They See Us all being really good 
pieces of work yep. for different reasons. If you if you ask me which is the one that I think is beautifully executed and pop, possibly the most culturally relevant that you need to see right now, it's when they see us. And that's where my vote goes. Yep. However, I think to say that and take anything away from Chernobyl because we need to see these kind of things too is just a slight to another excellent piece of work. So Chernobyl gets a huge nod. Escape at Danamara is very good. But when they see us, it's just that rare piece of yeah. directing that you are just directing, acting, writing, where you're just stunned through every moment of it. I agree 100%. Uh, you know, I think I, you know, we brought it up and it's been kind of a comedy point, but I think one of the biggest things about Chernobyl is why not do some accents or do something in that? I think, it, I think you, you know, that maybe because if you start looking at like, authenticity being true to it that's kind of, that's the one edge and they are close and neck and neck as far as that and, and sharp objects was good fossey verdon was good but when they see us again i think it's kind of the now even chernobyl's based on a true story but when they see us is obviously based and uh, has a lot of elements in it so that's where my vote goes so that'll do it there is your 2019 emmy results Folks, you, folks you, you can just uh, you can call Vegas, put your money on it. Those are that hundred percent right there. Both of us, even though we have different votes on some subjects, we're both going to be hundred percent right for the first, for the first time. They got multiple winners. Um, all right, so that leads us to the last portion of the show. And I've been, uh, I've been uh, kind of previewing this for a while, but now I do have something for everybody. And uh, this bit is called opening liners. And the goal is to try and identify the film by the first words that are spoken uh, in the film. So what we're going to do today to give a chance, everybody a chance, because I'm super, I'm sure that Todd will know what it is. Um, I'm going to play it. And Todd will just indicate whether he does know what it is, and then we'll uh, close out the show. So here you go. Here's your opening liner right here on The Other Kind Radio. Long ago, when I was a young man, my father said to me, Norman, you like to write stories. And I said, yes, I do. Then he said, someday, when you're ready, you might tell our family story. Only then will you understand what happened and why. In a galaxy far, far away... All right, so let's see. Let's get the nod. Todd, do you know that film? Oh, he's shaking his head. He's giving us he's giving us the big uh what's going on here? There we go. Sorry about that. Um so what we'll do is you can reach us at uh, our Twitter's what? Is it at Talk Radio? At T O K R A D O. If you want to, if you want to join the Twitter frenzy, uh, you can uh, tweet your answer there, or you can send us an email. Um, funny answers get extra points. Um, but that is your opening liners for this episode of the Other Kind Radio. Todd definitely knows who it is. We'll talk about it on next week's show. Uh, Todd, anything, uh, anything you want to go over before we go ahead and duck out? No, you know, but I, I just got to say, I know what's on the kind listeners' mind that. 
God, I love how you butcher names. <laughs> That's maybe what I'll just, uh, I'll call this episode is just name butcher. Um, I try my best folks. And, and you're right. A little, uh, a little, a little pre-work would, uh, come in handy. So, uh, I'll try and do that in the future. Oh God. Did you really just turn this into oh, a little pre-work? <laughs> I'm trying to push buttons and get out of this show, so I'm sorry. My com- commentary fell apart there. Thank you, Todd. Thank you for your time. Thank you, kind listener. Thank you for your time. We are available at info at theotherkindradio.com, Jeff at theotherkindradio.com, and Todd at theotherkindradio.com. You also can find us on Twitter at TOK Radio is our Twitter handle. Um, wanted to do a real quick check here. Um before we run out of time, we did have a few more countries joining us this past week, but uh, for some reason, the website is being a little goofy, so give me one second here. Oh, there we go. Um, so, just in these past week alone, we've had uh, Canada making an appearance and Australia, a second strong shore. As listeners on the other kind radio. Once again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Remember, we are the other kind radio.